I never worry about the regulations. Why not? Because I know I'm a good boy. Well, I've interviewed Jack Ma at least four times over the last 25, 30 years in 2005. And this was still at early goings for Alibaba. I asked him how he stays ahead of the regulators, and he says, And the government will love me because, you know, I am helping them to create a business. He had that brashness back in 2005. So that brashness has now come back and kind of nipped the showman in the rear end. Over two decades ago, Jack Ma co-founded Alibaba. Today, it's China's e-commerce giant and one of the biggest companies in the world. But recently, Ma and his tech empire have been in trouble. In April, Alibaba was fined a record $2.8 billion for monopolistic conduct. Its affiliate Ant Group, which Ma holds a controlling stake in, was ordered to overhaul its business after the abrupt suspension of its IPO in November 2020. This was looking like a fairy tale listing for Ant Group, and there's now been a significant twist. And since then, Ma has laid low. Just being quiet is something, you know, very notable uh, that we we think of when we think of Jack, we think of him as very loud, brash, you know. Uh, and so we're all a bit shocked when he's not speaking. But Alibaba and Ant are not the only tech firms in the sights of Chinese regulators. I think this is a watershed moment for China's tech industry. Some would say that the golden days of China's internet age is practically over. So what does the future hold? for China's tech giants. It's become the stuff of legend. In 1995, during a trip to the US, the then English teacher Jack Ma had his first encounter with the internet at a friend's place in Seattle. They searched the first word of beer. <laughs> I don't know why, because it's easy to spell, baby. And I see beers from Germany, beers from the USA, beers from uh, uh, Japan, but there's no beer from China. Back home, he started China Pages, a Yellow Pages-like website, but it didn't take off. By 1999, the internet stock boom had gripped Wall Street, and back in his Hangzhou apartment, Ma decided to try again. With his wife and a small group of friends, Ma set up Alibaba, a site that allowed businesses to sell stuff to each other. In the same year, a newly established company, Tencent, released its first product, OICQ, an internet messaging service. Alibaba came along, Tencent came along. They grew in certain areas, like in gaming. Alibaba grew in e-commerce, but then their services just started mushrooming and mushrooming. Alibaba and its affiliate Ant, along with Tencent. These are the twin pillars of China's internet industry. You can think of their influence in terms of the products that they offer. So think of the most powerful mobile internet apps in the U.S. And Tencent would be a combination of all of them. Tencent's WeChat, for example, which is just one of its main services, is a combination of WhatsApp combined with services from Uber, Spotify, Snapchat. There's also elements of TikTok and financial payment services like PayPal as well. Alibaba is best known for being an e-commerce giant, 
but the company has expanded so much beyond just its core business. It has businesses in sectors like logistics, entertainment. Um, think of the biggest blockbusters in the U.S. Mission Impossible was financed by Alibaba Pictures. So it's a very powerful conglomerate. Tencent and Alibaba's apps are used by a combined one billion people. Each company has a market cap over half a trillion U.S. dollars, and they've poured billions into Chinese tech startups. Startups have to face the duopoly, and often they have to take money from one of the two camps. And it's almost like an offer that you can't refuse. Not taking money from them can be detrimental. And if either Alibaba or Tencent decides to invest in your competitor, the consequences can be quite dire. Uh, other than that, when it comes to services, e-commerce players often do complain that they have to choose between e-commerce platforms. It could be either Alibaba or its rivals. For over a decade, the Chinese government allowed the internet sector to grow with little oversight, as it wasn't yet considered an essential industry. Beijing also hoped that expansion of these companies could spur China's economy. Using the model of combining U.S. capital with China's best entrepreneurs and also brain power, China's internet sector or tech sector just grew into this giant behemoth that overnight, by the time the government realized that it had gotten so big, it was already out of their control, um, some would say. The ability for them to amass large amounts of data and combine it with artificial intelligence gives them key insight into 1.4 billion people and also key industries, economies of the country, which is really something that's at the core of the ruling party's uh, concern. If these companies venture beyond the edge of control, there is a risk that these companies pose to the ruling Communist Party, and power is at the core of everything and the priority for the ruling party. China putting the brakes on the world's biggest IPO. Ant groups listing in both Shanghai and Hong Kong have been suspended. This is really a stunning turn of events, and as Heidi noted in the previous segment, it was the most anticipated initial public offering on record, and the money was piling up to go into it. So in that essence alone, it was a dramatic about-face from regulators because it had already been given the go-ahead by securities regulators. And in the 11th hour, it was pulled. This was going to be a 30-plus billion-dollar IPO, but it all came apart after this speech, of course, in Shanghai by Jack Ma, where he criticized the regulatory environment. He criticized state banks for operating like pawn shops, and he didn't read the room very well because the audience at the Shanghai Bund Conference was full of government officials. They did not take kindly to this. The Ant's IPO debacle is the tipping point. And obviously, the underlying policy tensions have been there for a really long time. So a lot of tensions have been building up in the past 10 years. It just, you know, until this really small event that the whole balance was tipped. Ant is China's largest fintech company. 
created in 2004 as a payment service to facilitate transactions to Alibaba. The company has expanded its business into wealth management, credit lending, and insurance. In the year to June 2020, it managed to process $17 trillion worth of payments, and at one point, it had the largest money market fund in the world. There has been a lot of complaints from the state-owned lenders in the past few years about how Ant is encroaching on their turf, especially in lending and also wealth management. And the banks are held to a different set of rules that are much more stringent, whereas Ant has been able to sidestep a lot of these stringent rules by playing the role of a fintech disruptor. And they added micro-lending. And I say micro-lending is just a name for prolific, mega, many, many different small loans to shoppers across the many different platforms of Alibaba. That posed significant risks because Alibaba only funded about 2% of those loans, and the rest of those loans were securitized by the state banks. They took on the big risks. Just the day before Ant's IPO suspension, Regulators released strict draft rules for online microlenders that would require Ant to provide at least 30% of the funding for loans it underwrites for banks and other financial institutions. That evening, Jack Ma was summoned by regulators for a meeting. What we learned was that while they didn't discuss details of the IPO, the message was clear, which is that the free reigning days of Ant's business was coming to an end and things were about to change. That was probably the first inkling that things were not going to go according to plan. But the writing on the wall was actually um, already out there in the months preceding that. There were a slew of rules that already were rolling out since September um, that curbed Ant's loan business. After Ant's IPO suspension, the company was ordered to overhaul its business, turning it into a financial holding company with similar regulations to a bank. Regulators also launched an anti-monopoly investigation into Alibaba. In addition, there's also said to be scrutiny of Jack Ma's growing media empire. He owns the South China Morning Post in Hong Kong. He owns at least 30% of the social media platform Weibo, uh, which is like a Twitter of China. He also has another media, Itai, which is a very large media company that has an online presence in China. The regulators are said to be looking very closely at uh, the influence Jack Ma and Alibaba through those holdings of media businesses has on Chinese society. Some would say that it's the Chinese government that likes to have the final say in what information the public gets. Since the collapse of Ant's IPO, Ma, the face of China's new economy, and the showman who always takes center stage, vanished. Jack? Are you there? Jack? It doesn't look as only inside. Uh, he, he may be not showing up, but he's not missing. He hasn't been captured. He hasn't been taken. Like many entrepreneurs in China, Ma had been walking a tightrope, balancing sometimes conflicting demands from Beijing and foreign investors who are eager to see growth. 
For many years, Jack Ma branded himself or tried to create this image where he was a rebellion, where he revolted against the system and was a troublemaker, fighting for the little guys. In love with the government, but don't marry with them. I mean, this is... He's also extremely savvy, always appealing to the greater good, trying to convince the government why his company and the services that they provide are good for job creation in China and also for China's image. It wasn't until earlier this year, 2021, that Jack Ma reappeared. He was talking about philanthropy, and the tone in which he gave his speech was so much more modest and humble compared with uh, his speech in October. He was doing something that the government wants a man who is worth $54 billion to do, and that is to talk about poverty alleviation and building up and investing in rural areas of China. These are messages the Communist Party of China likes. You know, 10 years ago, I mean, it was a very different, or 15 years ago, very different government back then. Um, you had much more of a laissez-faire towards technology. Um, you had also ineffective regulations, or often overlapping, uh, you know, regulations, sometimes gaps. And, you know, Jack, I think, assiduously exploited some of those. Contrast that to today, we see much less tolerance for, um, you know, regulatory problems. China's government has really upped its game. You can no longer just bash government in the way that he did. So maybe Jack just didn't realize that, the, the, you know, the game had changed. Just five months since the sudden collapse of Ant's IPO, regulators hit Alibaba with a record fine for monopolistic conduct. Ant is now in the process of an overhaul. Is the Chinese government trying to limit Jack Ma? They don't want to limit the national champions, okay? But they probably want to knock Jack Ma's public profile down a notch a little bit. So I don't think Alibaba is radically going to change. It's core will remain e-commerce. But um, I think for Ant, yes, it's very different. What can Ant be um, without this lucrative data business and lending business? That's a big question. The Chinese government has also launched an investigation into suspected monopolistic practices by food delivery behemoth Meituan. 32 other tech firms like Tencent and TikTok owner ByteDance have been ordered to rectify anti-competitive behavior. I think the regulatory uncertainty is going to be at the backdrop of just about every big tech story for the foreseeable future in China. From the government standpoint, I mean, it's not in the interest to see the tech companies to become smaller and weaker. It's just a different direction that the government wants these companies to move forward. The antitrust, you know, regulation will give, um, you know, smaller companies the opportunity and the room to grow, which is important. The trend where governments are trying to rein in tech companies and break down monopolistic practices is global. I think in China, what differs is that the tech companies have no power to fight back. When the government cracks down on them, ironically, what we saw with Alibaba is that they thank the government. And that is something that I don't think Google or Facebook is doing in the U.S. right now. At the end of the day, the Chinese government has the final say and bend the knee or get broken. Mm -hmm.